I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Mary. Hi, Matt. Happy Valentine's Don't Day. Don't you dare. I will have no mention of that satanic holiday until we get to the second half of this Valentine's Day themed episode. Do you understand me? Loud and clear. All right, good. Let's get on with it then. Because as always, we're going to start today's episode with Worst Things First, where I chat about the worst news of the week. After that, we got comedian, author, and our resident dating and relationship expert, Lane Moore, on the pod. She's back. We've had her on the pod last year for a Valentine's Day dating and relationship advice episode. So we decided to make it an annual segment, and we got some great listener submissions. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's eat a box of chocolate alone in our apartments and start the show! Alright, horse things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First! The iconic Oscar Mayer Wienermobile was pulled over in Wisconsin by a sheriff's deputy because it failed to give enough room to another car on the road with its emergency lights on. Typical penis. Just sticking it in places that doesn't belong. Taking no up one too wants much them. space. Who knew vehicles could manspread on the street? <laughs> in its defense, it is Wisconsin, and I feel like the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile should have priority on the road. It's basically the same equivalent as the presidential motorcade. (laughs) Yeah. Emergency vehicles should pull over for the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. How about that? Yeah. Oh, you going to the hospital? No. Pull over for the wiener. Pull over for the hot dog. What is in that thing? I don't know, but I want to give birth in it. <laughs> okay. I was just thinking is about- this like you like you don't make it to the hospital? Yeah. Because my husband, the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile driver, is trying to get me to the hospital, but it doesn't make it in time. So I have to have it in the mobile. It's one of those like iconic vehicles yeah. that I have no idea what purpose it serves. Is it just stuffed to the brim, stuffed to the the bun stuffed with to the, hot the, dogs? The casings, <laughs> the hot dog casing, or bodies? Ooh, we've never a, seen the inside. We I don't want know. instead of a hearse at my funeral, <laughs> I want to be brought <laughs> to my grave in the Oscar Mayer. <laughs> it's the most beautiful image I've ever had. <laughs> I would also like to be buried in a hot dog bun. Not a coffin. Matt, I will make this happen. Or, yeah, or coffin, but it's made of bread. Mm. And everybody gets to take a piece of it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I want one that touches your skin. <laughs> Just for you. 
Yeah, I'm truly very confused by what exactly the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile is and what is whether there are multiples of them or if, if there's just one, like the Pope Mobile. I, I hope it's one. Or is it like ice cream trucks where they're just everywhere all the time and they're inescapable? Can you buy hot dogs from it? I want answers. I want an explanation. I'm. This is easily Googleable, but I refuse. Also, it's like this happened in Wisconsin where there's two roads. So can this emergency vehicle chill out? You had to pull over a, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile because it didn't give enough space to an emergency vehicle. Go around it. There's literally nobody else on the road. The deputy pulled over the Wienermobile and gave the driver a verbal warning for not following the law. <clears throat> That's what they said in a tweet posted by the Waukesha. (laughs) Waukesha? It's Waukesha. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not. uh, Pretty sure it's Waukesha. uh, My family didn't personally kick out this, the Waukesha Native American tribe. (laughs) That's fair. The tweet posted by the sheriff's office showed a picture of the sheriff's deputy SUV parked behind the Wienermobile with the hashtag, hashtag move over, hashtag slow down. Don't you dare. Don't you dare tell the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile to slow down or move over. Let the dick free. <laughs> Next! Police in Connecticut are trying to identify a man they say got a job at a gas station and then proceeded to steal $17,000 on his first and only overnight shift. (laughs) I am... Okay. Honestly, first of all, I'm just impressed that there's $17,000 worth of anything at a a gas station. Yeah. I I assume that there's maybe $500 at any gas station worth of stuff. That's a fair assumption. I don't know any different. Right. Oh, how much is a stick of gum? Three dollars? Times that by like a thousand. This more money. Um, I also love they said that the man stole so it was like his first day he got hired, or at least his first overnight shift by himself. He stole his employment folder, which contained his personal information, and the store owner does not even know his name. <laughs> It's like he stole his own name tag and they were like, I we have no idea who this is. It's like, all right, maybe you deserve this. Not to victim blame, but like you absolutely deserve to have been stolen from. Sorry about it. That's the way it is. The owner told investigators that he used an app on his phone to view the store security cameras and noticed that the employee had left to shift. And then when he got there found out that he'd stolen lottery tickets, 89 boxes of cigarettes, and money worth a total of more than $17,000. Sorry that he knows how to have a good time. (laughs) Yeah. Lottery tickets and boxes of cigarettes? That's my Saturday night. That's my Sunday night. Honestly, that's my Wednesday morning. That was my 18th birthday. It was like, hit me up. (laughs) Hit me up with these cigs (laughs) and these lotto tickets. I never win. I never win anything. One time I was with my grandma and she let me scratch it off and she won $12 and then she didn't give it to me. And I was like, bitch move. I think giving lottery tickets as gifts is the weirdest shit. It's rude. It's a, it's a what's the word? Bullshit? It's because there are two potential outcomes. Either they lose and it's like, congrats, you got them nothing. Or they win and then it's weird because you bought it and they won. And then it's like, you should have won. Yeah. My grandma loves getting lottery tickets as gifts. Your grandma loves to gamble. She really does. She has a problem. (laughs) I think she's cut back. 
Yeah. Girls got a bingo. My, my, that should be our merch. <laughs> my mom told me yesterday that she she got a bingo but didn't realize she like missed calling the bingo and you have to call it on right. the number or you you miss out. And so she's hoping this will like lead my grandma to recognize that she has some memory loss issues. Oh no. <laughs> so you really want to get at the heart of of my grandma's psyche. You go for bingo. Any situation, yeah. Is that how you came out to her? You had the balls call, and it's I M G. Yep, all the bingo, all the bingo <laughs> And finally, two men in Florida, only in Florida, were pulled over in Santa Rosa County after a trooper caught them going 95 miles per hour on the interstate. But that's not the best part. Best part is the trooper recognized that one of them had a felony warrant out. So they called in backup, including a canine sniffer. Ooh, little dogs just on the job. And they found a bag of drugs, which was labeled bag full of drugs. Nice. <laughs> they love to be organized. Yeah. So uh, the police department posted on Facebook a photo of it and said, note to self, do not traffic your illegal narcotics in bags labeled bag full of drugs. Our canines can read. <laughs> Why don't you do your goddamn job? You had to have a dog come in and tell you there were drugs when there was a thing that said bag full of drugs. Maybe stop making jokes on the internet, police, and start doing your fucking job. I also want to point out, because I saw the photo because a couple listeners submitted this one, that it's not like they just wrote bag full of drugs like on a post-it note and then put it on the bag. It's like one of those Urban Outfitters like ironic bags that's like, <laughs> bag full of drugs. Yeah, that's definitely what's in here, not my laptop. Right. Um, but in this case, they were like, oh, that's like perfect for what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. And it was like not, it was a pretty significant amount of like hard drugs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like meth and like uh, date rape drugs and like, yeah, a small amount of cocaine and other stuff, but the the fun ones. (laughs) I do not endorse any drug use besides all the ones that I buy at the pharmacy and also weed and alcohol and chocolate. Oh. Oh, a little naughty. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we got Lane Moore in the studio who's going to help us help you solve all of your love life problems or make them worse. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, so it's that time of year again where single people like me get to tell you how to love. So we brought in our resident dating relationship expert, Lane Moore, to help us out. You know her from her show, Tinder Live, her book, How to Be Alone, If You Want to or Even If You Don't, and obviously from our last Valenwines episode. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Also, I don't know why I'm like laughing when you're just like our resident relationship expert. I'm like, I am the. Like, it's so funny. Whenever people are like, I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. It's like, no, you literally, like, 
I mean, have yeah. won awards and shit. It is you. It's just that, like, when you're still single, you're like, and yet. <laughs> yeah. like, I think what, if it's not immediately clear to us in the room, it, it should be immediately clear to everybody that we are not, um, none of our advice should be followed or trusted. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but it's weird, though, because it's like, in terms of like me with love, it's like those who can't do teach. Sure. You know, or it's like, <laughs> I actually do give really good dating advice. And a lot of people have been like, oh my God, I found a better partner because of you. And like, I read your book and now I have better relationships than I've ever had. And I'm like, and I feel like an 85 year old woman, like drinking scotch in a row, being like, I'm glad it's working for you, kid. Like, I'm just like, because I do. It's like, no, I'm saying good stuff. Yeah. It's just like, for me, it hasn't worked yet. I will say, compared to a year ago, I I certainly have um, more like scars on, on under my belt. Totally. <laughs> so it's I, so I feel a little more qualified than I did last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so. You know, I mean, I think if you just, if you keep learning from, your mistakes even if they're like very similar mistakes like I'm just like oh I do seem to keep dating the same pile of garbage just in different outfits right yeah <laughs> like a paper doll <laughs> I part of my discovery is just learning that it all it doesn't matter they're all they're all trash I um, think maybe or I'm the problem or but both I, it's, it's easier for me to blame everybody else anyway I know let's just try to fix other people yeah we'll try to fix other people's lives that seems easier Let's do it. All right. We got a lot of submissions. I'm very excited to go through these. I also wanted to point out that um, we're just going to do it all anonymous. So people who submitted, you know who you are. Let's get into it. All right. Our first question. What do you guys think is an appropriate amount of time to be hooking up slash dating someone before, quote unquote, defining the relationship? The what do they call it? DTR? DTR, yeah. I'd never heard that phrase before. Ugh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not a fan of it? No, because, well, okay, so my, and this is a hard take that I have, is a hard take. Define it as soon as possible because I just got out of something that was like, we were so together. We were such a couple. It was ridiculous. Like, we're like joking about marriage and stuff, and yet we hadn't defined the relationship. I'm like, shut up. Like, I just, I am so over this idea of like, oh, it's just casual when like, ever, I mean, I don't know what their dynamic is, but like, our dynamic was straight up, we're a couple. Like, we were doing everything a couple does, but we didn't want to define that. Like, shut up. Like, we're together because the thing is, the way, the way I look at it, when you break up, like if it ends, it doesn't like hurt less because you didn't define it. Like I right. think I think the yeah. idea is to like mitigate feelings, but that's not what happens. If you were close with someone, it's gonna hurt the same whether or not you called it something or not. So I'm very anti like, let's keep it chill. Like it's not chill. You're two people with feelings. Right. Ugh, I'm so over it. <laughs> yes, starting yeah. off strong. I know, because I'm that's that shit makes me angry. I'm just I'm just tired of it. Like yeah. like that's you can't control how you feel about somebody. And if you're immediately connected and you're super connected, whether or not you call them your girlfriend or boyfriend, if they are, like what do you it's just and it's like gaslighting. It turns into gaslighting sometimes. Right, right. You're like, we are though. You yeah. cannot call it that. Just like you you could call me Gail if you wanted. <laughs> I'm still late and you know it. It's a weird comparison, but it's true. I'm always um yeah, clearly I will be approaching everything through the lens of uh I don't know, the past like three weeks of yeah. my life. Great, uh, great. It's been a sensitive three weeks. <laughs> I mean it has been a very sensitive Same. We have learned uh in history in the history of my life, uh, aka history, that um, <laughs> these particular two weeks of February, not the best for me. Uh, yeah, I, I am also the type of person where it's like one date goes well and I'm like, okay, what are we? <laughs> totally. Well, that's what I'm so, saying. I'm somebody who's like very much all in and it's also like, I don't know if you experience this, but it's like, 
the more uh, well-known you are and people kind of know what your deal is. I'm like, why are you shocked that you're going out with me and I like want us to define it? I've like written an entire book about how it's bullshit to not define it. Like, yeah, that's my whole vibe. My whole vibe is not like too cool for it. That's the thing I think is that I I'm clouded by the fact that I feel even more of a pressure to be like, okay, what are you, what are you actually like here for? Yeah. And want to be as clear about that as possible. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, it, it almost feels more important. It feels less important to necessarily like put a label on it. I know I'm feeding into that. Um, yeah, the, the terminology, but, and more important to be like, I don't know, just clear about intentions. Because if your intentions, okay, let's say your intentions are like, like, I think it would be okay if you're somebody who's, like, hung up on labels for whatever reason, like, that's your damage, fine. Um, but if for you to say, like, hey, like, I am dating you with the intent to, like, be in a relationship with you, um, I think that we'll, like, see how it goes for a couple weeks. Um, but, like, ideally, I'd be your boyfriend. Like, I think that's rad. Right. Right. Like, because, because And that's basically where I'm coming from. I think that we have this idea that's often... Very sexist, but I think we do it across all genders. That's just like if somebody, you know, wants to define the relationship really soon, it's like you think that that person, especially if it's a woman, is trying to like lock you down into marriage. And it's like, no, like right. I just want to make sure that like I'm giving my feelings to somebody who's going to be reciprocating them and is going to be like careful with my heart. Like, not to sound cheesy, but it's like <laughs> fucking true. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to marry you either, you stupid turd. But I just want to. <laughs> But I just want to know that, like, because it didn't used to be like this. Like, even, like, a couple of years ago, it was just, like, you would date someone and then you just, like, keep dating. And it was just right. cool. And now it's like, oh, I don't know. We've been dating for, like, six months and I don't want to label it. Like, shut up. <laughs> six months. So, yeah, there's a there's a solution in there somewhere. Yeah. I'd solved say we solved it. it. We solved it. You heard it. Next one. What do you do when you have a crush on your neighbor and you hooked up twice and now they aren't interested, but you still run into them all the time? I just this is a juicy one. I don't know. Getting over like a crush. You just have to picture them doing something horrible. <laughs> like like shitting somewhere inappropriately. Call the police on them, I think, is is what needs to happen. All Get right. them arrested. The first thing I thought of was move. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the market is like in your local area, but I would just really move. Because like who cares? I mean, if it's weighing that much on you emotionally, it's like it sounds like I'm joking and I sort of am, but I'm sort of not. Yeah. Find a way to make them want to move. Oh, yeah. Such as set rats upon them. <laughs> right. Out crazy them. Start oh yeah. Take all your emotions, display them very inappropriately all over their doors, walls, hallway. Still thinking about <laughs> <of> you, Jeff. <laughs> right on their door. LOL, Jeff, remember when the sex? <laughs> LOL, Jeff, remember when the sex? That'll be so funny. You yeah. might get a restraining order, but you Which, won't have to move. That's problem solved. Yeah. Or you will have to move because of the restraining order. I don't, I don't think, know. yeah, That then it's up to the judge. Then it's a judge deciding <laughs> right. for you. Right. Not, and not it's a you. judge deciding. That's not up to you. Yeah. Solved it. Yeah, solved it. <laughs> Solved it. Our next question is advice for a thick girl. And she put the like little wavy things and spelled it T-H-I-C-C. Uh-huh. So advice for a thick girl dating a skinnier guy. I'm attracted to my boyfriend like crazy, but can't help feeling self-conscious that I'm bigger than him. That's a real thing. I mean, whether whether the, the weight difference between you is slight or significant, it's a real thing. And, and But that's only... 
I don't know. I think the main advice that I would give is to remember why that is, and that is uh, because of patriarchy. (laughs) This is the most serious answer I'm going to give the whole podcast. (laughs) But we tell women that they have to be small and uh, fragile so that men can be big and strong and take care of them, or we're supposed to be weak and little. So uh, when I have been in that situation, like one time I had a boyfriend who like tried on my jeans and they like fit him better and I was really mad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I hate, I'm hating this, hating this. (laughs) And you have a penis. But, uh, but I just, you know, I tried to remind myself like, well, A, I mean, he's into you. He's with you. Yeah. Try to take that as like a, this person loves you. But also just remember the reasons why you feel weird about this is because we've been taught that like men have to be big and we have to be small and like it comes from a really shitty, hateful place. So. Right. Yeah. My job here is just relating to everybody. <laughs> you solve everything and I'll just be like, girl, same. <laughs> but no, yeah. I mean, I I also think I, like, so much of that is, it's just you learning to, like, love yourself. Totally. A, a more, and it's like, clearly a, your boyfriend is, he's with you, then, yeah, he likes you. <laughs> but I think you can also, if you need, like, more validation from him, I think that's okay to ask, too. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I've had to ask my boyfriend, because he's not very vocal about compliments, and I had to tell him, like, hey, I really need those compliments, yeah. and then he's better at it. And it's, like, it's something that we have to work on together, but he might not know that right. if he's not giving it to you, that that's something you need. So talking about that. Also, finding things that make you feel really sexy, I think, could help, too. Um, and like whether that's like an outfit or something like that, that just like will make you feel really sexy will make everything better for that, too. Yeah. And it's also just like we've been taught that like thicker women means that you're like less powerful or less beautiful, but it's not accurate. And so exactly like finding an outfit or like a lipstick or even a mindset or an affirmation or whatever that makes you feel powerful, makes you feel like, you know, uh, it's just so shitty that we're taught that like we only have power and desirability, like as small as we can possibly be. And it's like, no, 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 no. Because if you look at it, like, in like, you know, I don't know when this was, like medieval times or whatever. It's like when somebody was like really fat, it was like fat and happy. It was like, right. oh, my God, oh, yeah. you have tons of money. You have tons of money and resources and food. And it was this like it meant that you were fucking boss. Yeah. Like if you were fat, you were like <laughs> fucking crushing life. And now it's just like, oh, what are you doing? And it's like to remember that, like, just because society has shifted like back and forth that way, like you can still be fucking powerful. Yeah. Solved it. Yeah. Solved it. Truly. All right. The next one is, hey, I recently went on vacation in another country. I met a boy I'd completely date, but I don't want to end up on 90 Day Fiance. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) She met a boy in another country? He met a boy in another country. He met another country. Okay. Yep. And uh, they were like together for like a week. I like never hear the pronouns. I'm (laughs) just like, what? (laughs) Um, They were together for like a week throughout the whole vacation. And uh, now he's back in the States and the boy is still in the other country and he doesn't know what to do. I, <laughs> you, you, you missed out. Uh, <laughs> I know that there's a little part of me that's exactly. I was just like, and you move on, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Hold on to that feeling of excitement and wonder, and like remember that paradise. But yeah, and let like, it live guess, there. Like post like thirsty emojis on his instas. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. Forever I don't know what else. Masturbate? <laughs> Have you masturbated? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, that is the most frustrating thing about just like Instagram in general. I mean, there are so many people that I I 
well, that I have imagined relationships with yeah, on yeah. Instagram that I could absolutely, if we lived in the same city, be like, yeah, we'd be married. That's not how it works. Especially when it's another country. <laughs> but yeah, I do think, I mean, I think there are a lot more things. I'm thinking specifically about Call Me By Your Name, which is, you know, gay canon at this point. It yeah. is just our experience. But it's like, uh, I mean, whether you are an adult army hammer dating a teenage Timothy Chalamet or <laughs> someone who went on vacation for a week, it's like the whole point is you can kind of like appreciate what you have in, in that moment. And, like, yeah. recognize the, like, ephemerality of it without having to be, like, in a relationship with someone. I do really appreciate that, like, they, um, in a lot of these questions, like, there's, like, a romantic spirit in a lot of these that's, like, kind of really sweet. Like, the fact that this person's, I mean, I'm not saying they're entirely healthy, but, like, the fact that, <laughs> that, this, that this guy come to the right place, right, clearly. But, like, but I do love that it's just, like, oh, I met this and I can't stop thinking about him and it's just, like, we met in this other, like, that's very, like, me shit. Right. I like that. I really like, I appreciate it. Again, I don't think that it's ultimately like going to help you in any way, <laughs> but it makes me, but I like it because I feel like we live in such a society that's kind of like, eh, people are disposable. I'll meet another one, blah, blah, blah. So I really like to like hear from people um, around the world who are just like, I met this person and they're special and I can't stop thinking about them. I think it's really cool. All right. I love this next one. It is, what's a good way to tell someone you don't want to date them because they are on their phone too much and it is extremely unattractive to you? This goes for friendships, too, I guess. Just because I'm trying to remember details about Pharrell crying over how much people love Happy on Oprah does not mean I want to watch it on your phone or know what year it was. But better yet, is there a chill, fun way to convey that on a dating profile in advance? Everyone seems very angry when they say things they don't like. So it's a two-parter. It's like, how do you tell someone that and also how do you like make that a part of your profile in a fun way i don't feel like i meet a lot of people who do that uh do you mean i don't know never anybody that i felt like okay we have to have like a conversation that's what i'm saying so this is like it's hard for me to, to relate to that fortunately so it's like i definitely can answer the second part of that question and say like don't put that on there because like no one's gonna know what you mean by that and like I could think like, oh my, I guess I'm on my phone. Like I'm on social media. Is she going to hate that? But yeah. like, it's a woman, right? Okay, cool. I got it this time. <laughs> um, but, um, but uh, and, and you know, she's right that like everybody who lists like what they don't want always does sound really angry. I would guess that there's way more to this story than just that. Like that there's no way that it's just that. Like it's got to, it's got to say more about this person. Like you don't like this person's general vibe because there are people out there who are just like because there's different ways to be on your phone all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, I'm a fan of of calling it out and the, the radical honesty approach. Yeah, which yeah. just like just say like, hey, I like kind of hate when we're together that you're on your phone so much and like, yeah. Also, I think just like suggesting a dinner with no phones like trying to like implement that kind of thing into the relationship or something it almost sounds like he he wants to communicate with her via the phone though yeah like it doesn't sound like he's like checking texts it sounds like he's just like oh my god do you remember what happened in 1998 on jenny jones and she's like i don't care and he's like i care <laughs> and so i don't it might just be you're just like different people like there are people like that who it's like all they want to do is like look up clips and blah blah blah, blah. Right. usually they're teenage boys but sometimes they're not <laughs> and so <laughs> So it just, you guys just might be different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I do know people like that who it's just like all they want to do is like look up clips and blah, 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 blah. And other people who are like, that's not how I want to live my life. 
The other way, especially in a place like New York, is to find places that are in like basements, so you literally can't use your phone. <laughs> there we go. Because so, maybe he's you like don't nervous. have to say that. <laughs> like, I don't want to play like devil's advocate for this dude, but I'm just like, maybe he's like nervous. I don't know how long they've been dating, but like, if you're relying on like weird YouTube clips to communicate with this girl you're dating, like, ah, you might be nervous around it. I don't know. It's just like a weird vibe. It's just a weird vibe. All right, solved it. Solved, solved it. it. Obviously, solved it. But yes, this is hard work. You guys have a lot of great queries and we clearly have the best answers. And we'll get to even more of your dating questions right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Alright, here's another one. So here's my situation. My partner and I have been together for four and a half years. We agreed that we would wait until after he finished his PhD to get engaged. He finished his PhD almost eight months ago and it's been silent on the engagement front. I have started thinking about proposing to him instead. I mentioned it in a joke to him and his response was, quote, that's progressive. So do I just do it or do I wait for him to get his shit together? Also, he's from another culture than I am, so I'm worried that if I am the one who asks, his family will look down on me more than they already do. Help. Everything's so complicated. I know. I'm yeah. so exhausted by other people's love. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ugh. I don't know. It seems like it's important to this person that the other person proposes. I was going to say, I don't, think she, I don't think she wants to propose. She mm-hmm. just wants it to happen. Right. So... Can she talk to him about it? Right. That's the thing that's always so crazy to be about it. I mean, don't be wrong. I get it. But like, I also haven't been in a position where I'm about to marry someone. And I feel like if you're about to marry someone, you should be able to talk about anything. Right. In my mind. And so like, can't you just be like, hey, I know this is awkward, but we said that we were going to do this. Like, does this mean anything? Do you need more time? Like, whatever. It's okay to say, right? Because I feel like part of the way that we as a culture have talked, like, have talked about engagements is that it should be a surprise. It should be some, like, big elaborate thing that no one sees coming. But that doesn't mean that marriage isn't a surprise. Marriage shouldn't be a surprise. The engagement (laughs) can be. But you guys talking about, you've already talked about it. You talked about wanting to get engaged and, like, waiting until after he got his PhD. So you should just bring up the fact that that passed maybe with a card that says congrats on your phd now i need mine pretty huge diamond ring um <laughs> but uh yeah you've already talked pretty about it <laughs> parentheses ring i assume the parentheticals yep. there <laughs> they're there oh my god uh yeah 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 
just talk about it. Yeah. It's one of my, as someone whose friends are all getting engaged and as someone who's been in a relationship for five years, one of my least. Hand, hand. (laughs) No. (laughs) Come on a podcast and tell him to fucking propose. No, I hate, I hate when I, like, I had, I had a friend who was like, yeah, like my boyfriend just asked me to marry him. We haven't talked about marriage at all. That's fucking crazy to me. You should talk about it. Yeah. The proposal itself can be a surprise. But marriage should be something you have a deep, long conversation, many conversations about. Right. It's not something that just happens and then you're good to go. Like, it's it's a constant. It's just a new form well, of the relationship like, you're in. Yeah, if you can't even talk about this, I'm like, that I don't know. That a, just always bums me out. When yeah. People are like, how do I tell him? I'm like, this bums me out. That's what, in some <laughs> ways, it gives me some hope where totally. I'm like, oh, everyone is just this confused always. Even when you're four years into <laughs> Same. it, you don't I'm just know. Like, the- oh my god, really? I'm yeah. gonna be fine. Right, right. <laughs> or it's just like, yeah, deeply nihilistic. Where I'm like, oh, we're all fucked always. Exactly. Everyone is alone inside their own. Heads. That's why the first place I went to was like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's why I'm always a fan of like, yeah, over communication. Clearly, so I, a, yeah. a, a losing strategy, but. <laughs> Same. But the second I shut down is when it's like, I, yeah. I've lost it. But I feel like, the, I don't know. To me, the like payoff of overcommunication is worth it. I when agree. It goes, when it goes well. I agree. Yeah. Anyway. Solved it. Solved it. All right. We have one more Valentine's Day episode question. Let's do it. How do you approach someone when you know you're not that person's type? I'm a creative, educated, and passionate individual, but I'm not someone that most of the world slash media slash society would consider hot or attractive. I personally am fine with my outer appearance and I'm slowly working toward what makes me happy, not for anyone else. You probably wouldn't be able to tell that just by looking at me. I also am a sober queer guy and bars and clubs make me anxious, but those are the majority of places to find other queers. I never usually get approached at a bar and I don't usually make moves either because I'm usually too intimidated. Also, I've been dating on apps for years, but deleted them all about seven months ago because I felt like I was wasting so much of my time looking for someone, but rarely was messaged back. So I guess what I'm asking is, does Matt want to go on a date sometime? (laughs) Oh, my God. No, but like actually. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, thank you. (laughs) But I love you. (laughs) Um. No, I definitely feel the same way, though. And I think that the thing that I have to try to learn or unlearn is, like, you don't know that you're not anybody's type. Like, you are assuming that, like, oh, if I go up to this person, I won't be their type. But you don't know that. Which is, yeah, a thing that I constantly have to, like, remind myself of, yeah, just assuming that oh, everybody is like me and that we've been consuming the same, like, gay content. And so everybody has this porn. Right. <laughs> I tried to put a, 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 yeah, a fancy word for it. Yeah, we're like, I don't know. I, I definitely have this assumption where everybody is looking for this, like, one ideal body type. And it's reinforced by everybody on Instagram and Twitter. And it's just, like, that is not the case for so many people. For the majority of people is who don't have that exact body type. So to assume that, like, that is the only type that people are attracted to is just wrong. But also, I've been there, and I get it, and it's like, I'm still working through it, too, and I... Yeah, it takes time. Can I just provide a counterpoint? <laughs> <laughs> you are nobody's time. 
<laughs> no, I was going to say, like, just, like, think about all the people who are, like, everyone's type and, like, still can't find anyone good. Right, right. You Because, know? <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not saying it's me or it is. <laughs> but it's just, like, I definitely have people who are, like, you're it for me. And I'm, like, well, you're not it for me. And it's, like, really hard. <laughs> so, like, think about the hot people, too. <laughs> We're all struggling. And... Everyone's struggling. <laughs> Mostly hot people, though. Yeah. <laughs> Solved it. Solved it. Solved it. So, yeah, thank you to everybody for sending us your questions. And thank you, Lane, for all of your amazing wisdom, as always. Where can people find you and your work? Yeah, um, I'm at Hello Lane Moore on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and my book is How to Be Alone if you want to and even if you don't. And um, I do a show called Tinder Live that Matt has done. Um uh, every month in New York City at Littlefield, and I'm about to go on tour. I'm going to Baltimore and Chicago and like 50 cities in like the next two months. I'm oh really excited well, over the spring, <laughs> so I'm really excited. Yeah, and so uh, because it has been a little while since you were here, tell people what happens at Tinder Live. Oh fuck yeah! Uh, I'm getting ready to do one literally on Valentine's Day. Is that when this will be airing? Uh, yeah, this will be, air before, before, so people can go. Oh, good, good, yeah. good. Yes, you should come. Um, it's literally going to be, if you're in New York City, uh, it'll be on Valentine's Day itself. If you're not in New York City, come to another one. When I'm in your city, it'll feel like Valentine's Day um, with all the murky, confusing feelings. So on Tinder Live, I go on my Tinder on a big projector screen, um, and then everybody in the audience votes whether I swipe right or left on it, uh, on, on the guys uh, on screen. And then we basically talk to the guys on Tinder who, like, you'd never want to talk to. Like, just, like, the weirdest dudes. And we're like, yes, swipe right to you. Um, and then I play a character who's, like, kind of, drunk and dumb and a little bit like brain damaged but super <laughs> horny and um and and then we like we talk to them and then oftentimes especially in smaller towns people in the audience will be like I dated him for six years and you're like wonderful <laughs> tell me everything maybe and then they do dude the last month's Tinder Live they were in New York City there were 10 people in the audience who had dated this guy <gasps> it was like a fucking Ten? support group and then when I got off stage <laughs> someone was like dude there were people you didn't even get around to who were like I also dated him like oh it was like God. a third of the audience was just like I too have dated Greg like it was just so and then he stood up and right. he was there with Greg a new was person. like I am Greg like it was so but it's just like totally improvised totally insane and like super super fun yeah it's always so much fun because uh, yeah. you truly don't know what's gonna happen no not yeah. at all and it's like it takes the sting out of it because like dating apps can be so like heavy and depressing and like when you're watching it, you're just like oh everyone goes through this and I think there's something about having someone on stage just like saying ridiculous things to these guys in like a really empowered way right is, is a lot more fun than just being like oh, how am I supposed to respond to this I'm like I'm gonna tell them I'm trapped in the woods <laughs> so I'm just gonna see how that shakes out <laughs> yeah yeah and oftentimes it's shockingly effective it's so funny that when people come to Tinder Live for the first time and they're like I always think these guys are gonna like tap out I'm like they never do it's like the promise of sex they don't care what it is I told a guy once I was like trapped in a can of beans and I was like I'll be right out but like I'm so slippery and he was like that sounds awesome what are you doing tonight and I was like I love and hate this show it's so effective have you ever gone on a date with someone from tinder live years ago I will not again yeah because you got to think about it like the guys I'm talking to on tinder live are not 
Yeah. Like, that, like the reason I swiped on them is because they didn't seem that great. Like, something of them seemed right. a little bit off. But I did once go on a uh, date with a guy I met on Tinder Live. And we went to like indoor mini golf. <laughs> and then and then it was in the winter and he was like, Do you want to go for ice cream in the winter? Okay. After I don't I don't have a problem with that. Uh, yeah, I I'm, understand yeah, what you're saying. Oh, not the worst thing, but but already I'm just setting the stage because uh-huh, then it uh-huh. gets worse. I assumed he had his car there. And so I assumed, okay, this is cute. We're gonna drive to ice cream because it's winter. No. He wanted to walk two miles <laughs> in winter. To get ice cream. No. And he had a car there. His car was right there. I can't. And then, like, we, we walk, like, two blocks, and I was like, I think I'm just going to go home because I'm really cold. <laughs> Fucking winter. <laughs> He's like, okay. And I was like, get away from me. You I learned your me. lesson. You learned your lesson. <laughs> <laughs> nice guy, but screw that. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV shows we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? Well, I'm watching something that you also are watching, so we're just going to both talk about the HBO documentary series, McMillions. Yes. It's a wild ride. Um. Well, I've only seen one episode. Right. Fun fact, I am a consulting producer on the McMillions podcast, which everyone can go subscribe to. Um, it's hosted by the directors of the series, and they bring on the characters from the show to talk about their experiences and things like that, and a lot of deleted scenes. It's really fun. But that also means I've seen more of the episodes than you have, because I have screeners. <laughs> so I'll let Whatever. you tell us what McMillions is about. Yeah. So McMillions is a uh, HBO documentary series about uh, the uh, McDonald's monopoly game sweepstakes thing that was very popular in like the late 90s, 2000s. Late 80s all the way to the early 2000s. Right. And the FBI in Florida, shockingly. Yeah. A lot of Florida characters in this series. (laughs) Discovered uh, that someone was like gaming the system, gaming the game. Mm -hmm. And all of these prizes worth millions of dollars were perhaps being won by people who were related to one another. And the odds of that actually happening were like astronomically high. And so they were like, something fishy is going on here. And so, uh, yeah, the story is kind of it's about uncovering what this this scandal this grift and i mean the the great thing about it based on episode 1 alone is that it's a documentary series it's all real but also the people who are like the talking heads in this documentary are so entertaining they're incredible incredible interviewees yeah and they're just yeah it's funny you're like okay you're an fbi agent but also i want to be your friend and also i'm a little scared of you <laughs> i mean the best the first episode is like there's this one agent in particular who like desperately wants to go undercover Doug is, Matthews is ridiculous for this type of thing but you'll have to see if it actually happens but it's very entertaining yeah so we're both watching that and both you might say we're loving it <laughs> shut the fuck up um yeah no I love it what's your non-tv chaser my chaser this week is loose leaf tea yes. <laughs> so yeah. exciting. last week classical music this week loose leaf tea <laughs> we get it 
I'm an old British lady. Uh, no, so there's a specific loose leaf tea that I got recently. It's from this business called Brooklyn Tea that's in Bed-Stuy. It's like a really, really nice establishment. The people who work there are really nice. And they have so much tea there. And it's a cream Earl Grey. And it like it like smells like vanilla, but it's just a it's a really good Earl Grey and I fucking love it. And I love making it every morning. I like brought some to work so that in case I don't have time to have it at home, I can make it at work. And like it's so tasty and it's got caffeine, but not too much because I'm a sensitive little baby. And yeah. Why loose leaf? Um, partially environmental reasons mm-hmm. and partially quality. Do you use the like little ball, the yeah. mesh ball? We have, well, yeah, we have a couple. There, ours are like a metal because you can get them, you know, right. buy like vintage ones on eBay for really oh, cheap. Oh, a vintage um, <laughs> tea ball. But then also my Aunt Ruth many years ago before I even really drank tea because I love manatees, she got me a manatee, which yeah, are popular. Yeah. So I have that one too. The tea can kind of get stuck in the tail. <laughs> right. But I do like using that one. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. But it uh, brings me joy every morning. So that's my chaser this week. Nice. What about you? I have two. One is, uh, I posted this on Instagram, but there is an episode of This American Life from last week called The Show of Delights. Mm-hmm. It's guest hosted by Bim Adewunmi, who's been a guest on, on Happy we Hour before. We love Bim. She uh, is co-host of Thirst Aid Kit with Nicole Perkins. Which you also were on. Yeah. Thirst Aid Kit, quick aside, is a show with Bim and Nicole where they thirst after their favorite people. And they had me do a special episode uh, explaining my love of Harry Styles. Yes. So you can see that on Slate. But um, Bim guest hosted this episode of This American Life. And it's all about... um, just like happy stories, like delightful oh, stories. I need to listen to that. That sounds so cleansing. <laughs> I've been going since it's been like um, terrifyingly warm in New York in February and mm-hmm. January. Uh, I've been going on my usual like walk. I have a route that I go on and I was listening to it on the street and like genuinely like crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a happy. I love a public cry. I I was just telling someone like I've been pretty good in the eight years that I've been in New York of never like openly crying on the street. Oh, it's like weekly for me. <laughs> and I don't know if this counts because it's like I'm I'm being moved by like a particular. You're crying thing. in public, bitch. It counts. <laughs> but I'm not like sobbing not, over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not entirely unrelated <laughs> to my own personal life. But I think, yeah, the uh, it was a really great episode. I love Bim. I love I love the idea of doing stories about stuff that makes you happy, which I know is antithetical to this podcast. But is perfect for this chaser. But yeah, it does make me think a lot about like wanting to be, I know stuff like a gratitude journal sounds, you know, I'm trying to fight that part of me that wants to roll my eyes. I think I I actually have, I've started journaling a lot more like I used to. And I have been trying to not think of it as a gratitude journal, but just like, just like writing just writing. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's... I just, it makes me think about in general, and I know in some ways this is an attack on the idea of unhappy hour, but it is so much easier in general to find the cynicism in something and to find the negativity. Mm-hmm. And like the more shit that goes down in public, the more you're like, okay, it's actually way harder to find the joy and delight in this. Yeah. <laughs> and way like braver. 
yeah. to be to be uh, very cheesy. I mean, coming up with chasers every week has made a difference in my life in terms of like we are forcing ourselves to think of something that really made us happy this week. Yeah. So maybe instead of a gratitude journal, you should think of it as a journal of your chasers. Exactly. Yeah. So this episode of This American Life, I enjoyed a lot. Particularly the last segment, which is a story about Tracy Clayton, oh. also former guest. We also on love Tracy. Um, where she kind of talks about how her entire kind of presence on the internet is about being delightful and spreading delight, but that she was very depressed and and like it's a difficult thing to maintain that kind of public face while kind of going through shit at home. That was that was the part that got me. Yeah. <laughs> and this never happens to me, but I ran into someone I knew on the street. And it was like in the thick of that story where I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then I ran into my friend's boyfriend on the street and I was like, I had to, to turn it around real quick. <laughs> And then he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I was just out running errands, <laughs> just crying on the street. Uh, anyway, so that is my my first one. And my second one is just I'm getting much better at giving up on books that I don't like. OK. So that is my chaser. That's my second chaser is I'm pro giving up on books that you don't like. I think when I am in like a reading lull, which I feel like I've been in, mm-hmm. I realize I need to f- pick up a book that I know I'm going to like really like that's like fun and easy and not too much work because uh, I always feel bad when I start a book and I don't finish it I feel like I have to finish it but why I just the amount of books that I'll be able to read in my lifetime <laughs> it's not worth it it's not I don't have to read an 800 page book that's one sentence long <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to read a book about the evolution of birds so the book I've been reading this week is called Nothing to See Here. It's very funny. Uh, it's about this woman whose college roommate calls her years later. They have a very complicated history and asks her to watch her stepchildren who randomly catch on fire if they become too upset. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> but it's very enjoyable and it's like a very quick read. Yeah. And so I'm embracing the idea of putting down books that I don't like, picking up books that I do like, and not being too hard on myself. And burning the rest. So fuck you! That's it for this week. So thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. You can't hurry, love. Oh, you just have to wait. You gotta trust. Give it time. No matter how long it takes. (laughs) 